when uh, I found out it was my turn to speak, I, I had a I found a little video clip of this guy who was like dancing in, it's a, it's a, in, a, in a black shirt. He's just boy, he's just dancing down the aisle, dancing all across the front. So I said, I sent that to Jim. I, I meant to send it over here and let them put it on the thing. I was going to send it. I sent it to Jim. I was going <laughs> to show him. That. I was so excited because it's my turn to speak. I'm always it's it's always an honor uh, to get to share and um, to get to do anything in the second. It makes when you're 71 and you get invited to do something in the kingdom, it does make you feel a sense of usefulness. And, uh, and I'm thankful for that. Always grateful for the opportunity to share wherever I'm at. Got a, uh, normally what we do is we, I have felt compelled by the Holy Spirit to pray for another church every time we have, uh, I get a chance to speak. And so, um, I went to the ladies' group uh, this past month um, uh, over at Cindy Finlayson's house, and um, and I, there was uh, several ladies there, and Kathy Martin was there, for, and uh, Kathy and Richard pastor the church over in Alabama City. It used to be the United Methodist Church, and the Methodist Church has gone through some sort of um, change in uh some sort of um, things going on. I don't know what it is. I don't. I don't know how to describe it, but I do know it's, it, it looks like it might be for the better. And um, and their church is no longer the United Methodist Church. There, it's just the Alabama City Church. And so I felt like when I was, she was there, and I said, "Well, next time when I speak, if it's okay with y'all, I will, I will, uh, we'll pray for your church." And so. Today, I think what we're going to do is we're going to pray for you. The Alabama City Church used to be the UMC Church there. And uh, I actually drove there yesterday and I stood on the property and I began to pray before I left there and on to my next errand. And uh, I prayed over the space there. And I, I feel like, you know, when the, when the Lord spoke to the old prophet one day, he said, everywhere the soles of your feet foot, I will give it to you. Everywhere you stand, where you declare. And so I don't want the property there. I'm not interested in that. But I wanted to proclaim there to be the thing for God. I think there's churches in the neighborhood and there's lots of churches around in that neighborhood. Uh, some are uh, some are dark. That means they have nobody attending that church. And uh, but just the empty building that meets there, where it's nobody, where people used to meet, and nobody meets there now. And so I, uh, at that church, when I stood there, I felt like that people have prayed. Uh, I, I, I felt like there was a residue of prayer, uh, an anointing that was left there, uh, in that place from the early years when God really ministered to people there that they allowed him to. And so I felt like that we're supposed to have a, a prayer and we're going to reignite that thing, that anointing that was there once upon a time. And we're going to pray over that and ask the Lord for that. I felt like that uh, some of the churches had prayed for them themselves to be a beacon, like a beacon in the darkness around in the neighborhood there. And the darkness there is not a person or personalities, but it's sin, sin nature 
that's all around there, and so, uh, and, and some crime. And um, as a matter of fact, right across the street, uh, a couple of Fridays ago, there was a gunfire, uh, gunfight, and um, and people, a man died there, and in the middle of the parking lot, just about a half a block from there, and uh, and that's that's just something that's not pleasing to the Lord. So. I asked the Lord when I was standing there, I asked the Lord to dispatch angels to go and stand. Do you believe that we can ask for angels to come and do? Do you believe that? Oh, cool. You got it up there. Uh, That's not exactly the building. It's a little different. It's probably older than that one. (laughs) It's a really old building. Yeah, that is is a beautiful building. thing there and uh and it's there uh but we're going to pray for them and pray for richard do you know when you're working in an area like that even if you're working in an area like this one it's really easy for a pastor i have been there i have done that i've collected the t-shirt actually i have a wardrobe of t-shirts of the time when i was discouraged because i was fighting the enemy Sometimes I was fighting, I don't want, I'm ashamed to say this, I was pressing against the evil, the darkness, and at the same time pressing against the church members that were aggravating and didn't want to do certain things. I've gone to churches that didn't want to do anything outside the church. All they wanted to do is have something on the inside. You know, uh, I went to one church, this is my last pastorate, uh, they wanted to have, they said, we built it, they will come. Well, that's not really the Bible. That's actually opposite of the Bible. Jesus said, go, and, and the highways and hedges compel. And, and so, but we, they, did, uh, they did something different. They wanted to not do anything. And I, the Lord told me to go and I sat on Highway 431 and pray for the sick. So I made a nice banner and set it up out there. I got fired. So, uh, <laughs> you know, not long after that, they fired me. Because so, it was one of the things that they didn't like about me. And I said, okay, fine. That's fine. Then uh, there's a lot of people that won't get well and, uh, and they don't, won't get ministry and won't get prayer because uh, y'all just wanted to do that. They want to do something different. So anyway, we're going to pray for Richard and uh, Kathy Martin and, um, and pray for their encouragement because it's very easy when you feel like you're toting the burden for the entire ministry and the entire congregation or the ones who attend the church there I know about that uh, I can tell you all I can write a book on that I, maybe, maybe I should uh, it wouldn't be bestseller I'm sure but the um, but I want to pray for Richard and um, and Kathy and if you will uh, actually their church is that way uh, it's up this same road Actually, this road right here on the on up on the right, and uh, so we're going to pray. They're up on Sansom Avenue, and uh, and so we're going to pray for them, and uh, and and invite the Lord to come, and then we'll ask the Lord for a piece of that for us as well. Okay, Father God, I just thank you for Richard and Kathy Martin, and I thank you for their dedication to do what you've called them to do for you, foreordained and called them and set them apart for this particular time and this season. I bless that now in Jesus' name. 
Lord, as we've already asked, I just asked that angels would go and stand around down the alley behind there and over across that chain link fence and over on the outside and over on the, on the front side. Lord, that you would let angels come around and about. And I just say, oh, yes. I just think, Lord, that no weapon that is formed against them shall prosper. And every tongue that raises up against them that you will judge, Lord. I just bless that name, that your, your name in that place, Lord, in Jesus' name. I just ask, Lord, that as the others have prayed before and let the light gone out, I ask you, Lord, that you would let your beacon shine through the windows of that place. Let your light shine out there so that other men can see what's going on. And Lord, let them be attracted to the, your presence and your power in that building there on Samson. Uh, Sansom Avenue. And Lord, I just bless Richard and Kath, and Kathy now and their leadership and their staff that Lord, that you would use them in these days and when, when perilous times have come, but they would be a beacon shining in amongst a, a bunch of uh, perilous things and crime and sin. sin. Lord, that you would let the, uh, let the presence and the power of Holy Spirit Rule in that neighborhood and rule on that corner in the name of the Lord Jesus. We bless that now in the name of Jesus. And we just ask, Lord, that you would encourage them. And even in the nighttime when they're asleep, that you would... Yes, Lord, I hear that. Thank you, Lord. Lord, that you would bless them in Jesus' name. I ask you, Lord, that you would do the same thing for the leadership of this church. Jim and and Patsy and Lord, the others that are in any level of leadership here, Lord, that you would encourage the worship leaders and the ones who have been sent alongside to help here, Lord. I just bless that now in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Lord, for what you're about to do. I thank you, Lord, for the revival that's coming. We bless your name. And somebody said, Amen. That was really strong. Yay. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody all right? Man, I tell you what, I just, whew, I could get lost in that. I'm going to read a word today. Um, we are, the wife and I are taking care of my mother-in-law on the weekends now. It's become our job. And um, we are, uh, she, has have, she has to have uh, 24-hour care, and um, so we're, uh, because it's, we're more flexible with the weekends than they are, everybody else in the family, we get the weekends, so I, I zip in for this event, and then when I'm done, I'll go get in the car, change clothes, I will back down and take care of me, Mom, and uh, so we're uh, praying for her that she will be strong in the Lord. And she's, you ever ask her how she feels? I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. She always says I'm blessed about everything. And uh, so she's blessed. And, but we're going to pray. Uh, we're going to go and take care of that after, uh, after we get through here. There is a piece of Scripture. This is sort of the unusual for what I normally do. And, and I'm not going to preach a long time today. I don't, I don't sense that. But I say that, and that's when it's a longer time. But it's called, the, my pastor used to say, it's the Lord's day, not the Lord's hour. <laughs> so we would say, we'd think, I'm over there looking, he's, he's still preaching. I'm, looking, I'm doing like that, I'm sitting behind the sound booth, and he sees me, 
And then and I'm, I'm looking at, I'm tapping my watch, I'm taking it off, and I'm shaking it, and he's still wearing it out. And I'm thinking, he said, I see you, Ron, I see you. <laughs> and he'd, he'd fuss at me later on, but anyway, I didn't care. But um, I, I, I knew other people had other things to do, but um, he could have made that two or three messages. I try not to do three today, just one. We are, um, there's a, a piece of scripture in the book of Revelation, in chapter 3. And, um, and I, because of the events that have been going on around the nation, around the globe, I've actually started paying more attention to, if you don't mind, I'll, y'all are sitting down. It'd be okay if I sit down, just for a minute. And uh, I'm always afraid if I sit down on a bar stool, it's going to slide out from under me. That'd be embarrassing. Every... I've heard preachers use this message, use this text that I'm about to read, and they use it as a as a altar call. Behold, this is verse 20 in Revelation chapter 3, if you want to flip there. And we may have it on the thing, on the wall. But uh, I am... Uh, he says, Behold, I, or look, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. The King James uses the term sup. It actually means the Greek word there is koinonia, which means I will fellowship with him and he with me. Pastors use this as a, an altar call. Jesus is knocking at your heart's door and he wants to come in and live with you. He wants you to open your heart's door and let him in. And that's actually not what the scripture says and that's not who he's talking to in this text. I'm not saying they're bad. It's not a bad verse. It's a good verse. You could use it there. But it actually is talking to a different group of people. What he's talking to here, if you remember... And I'm going to read some of this uh, text here in just a minute. Well, what you're, uh, what you're hearing here, he's speaking to the church. So this verse right here is happening on 11 o'clock on Sunday morning or Saturday, if you worship on Saturday, or some other day, whatever day you're... He is trying, it's Jesus, he's trying to get into his church. Behold, and if you read the text, if you, read, if you read, take this verse out of context, you can use it however you want to, but he's actually speaking to the church at 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. Uh, I remember this. I wasn't in the meeting when it was stated but I heard about it, and I heard video, I mean audio, of about it later. It's an early vineyards meeting, pastors' meetings. It was in California. John Wimber was a guy who was very uh, strongly used by the Lord to organize what we now know as the vineyard. And his wife's name was Carol, and Carol was there. She's a very outspoken young uh, lady, she's a young lady then, and uh, Carol says, when is it, she's asking a bunch of pastors that were all sitting around in their pastor's conference, 
Jim may have been at this one, I don't know. When is it that God gets what He wants out of the church? When is it? So, uh, that's been a, a statement that has rung solid in my heart and in my mind over the last 30 years or more. It's, been, it's rung solid. I keep hearing it. When is it that God gets, and I keep quoting it, Sometimes I misquote it, but I don't mean to do that. When is it that God gets what He wants out of His church? I tell you, it's not about what we think. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump over about three pages and tell you a sort of a piece of the punchline. Um, let me see if I, how I want to say this so it sounds right. Well... No matter how I say it, it's going to sound wrong. God has an, an agenda for the church. It is not... He didn't save us so that we could go to Sunday school on Sunday morning. He didn't die on the cross so that we could hurry up and get dressed and put our necktie on and go to church on Sunday morning. He didn't do that. He died on the cross for our sins. We come to church and on, I've seen this on the billboard and every time I do it, I, I get my blood runs cold for just a second. Church service starts at church services 10 a.m. Sunday morning. 11 a.m. Sunday morning, morning worship, church service. Wednesday night service. The word is used wrongly in those phrases. When we come together, he intends for us not, it's not a service. I come to church here so I can get a biscuit and a cup of coffee. I come here because I have a and it's wonderful. Uh, I've actually come to church one Sunday. I come to church and there was about three biscuits over there and I was very hungry because I hadn't had a bite since about 11 o'clock or 10.30 on the night before. And I was actually really hungry. I think I was uh, on, the, on this program to speak. And so I'm like, uh, I went back there and got me a biscuit and I ate it. I ate it one time, one biscuit in all my time. But it's not about biscuit. It's not about that. What it is about is when we come together, the intent of the Lord is when we meet together is so that we can talk about the wonderful things that God has done in us this week, through us this week, and for us this week. And when we leave, that's called, and when we come together and we worship Him, because He is worthy of our worship. We join in with the angels and the elders around the throne that are worshiping all the time, 24 hours a day. And if you don't like worship, you need to not try to go to heaven. You need to skip that. Because basically what you're going to hear most of the time while you're there is wonderful things and song service went to a worship church service in Nashville at a big, big Baptist church. 
I was on the worship team at the vineyard in Birmingham and the, the Lamar and Cherry's church there. We went to this conference. It was a worship conference. It wasn't a vineyard conference. It was something else. And we went there, and honest to God, I could not get off the floor. When the worship cranked, all I wanted to do was repent of my sin and lay on my face in the floor. And there was no room for hardly anybody to stand. There's about 1,200, 1,500 people in that building that day. And there's hardly anywhere for anybody to sit or stand. And so you couldn't lay down much because if you did, you had to kind of take turns laying down. I just wanted to lay on the floor and cry and repent of my sin and just get closer to God and draw near to God. I wanted to be near God. That's worship. When we leave church on Sunday morning, not service, but worship. When we leave church, we go out into the, our jobs, into our neighborhood, into our shopping center, and wherever we got to, that's service. What does that mean, Ron? When He has called us, He has equipped us to do stuff outside of the fellowship. That's a good amen right there. You missed it. It's really true. He has not called us to come here and just absorb. He has not called us to become as, as many churches are now or in the Western world, Americanized church, the consumer uh, consume. I want my pastor to feed me. I want my pastor to feed me and encourage me and make me feel good about myself. No, that's not what this is about. This is about worship. Why do you think the Old Testament, when the, the children of Israel would go out to battle, who went out first? The Levites. Now what were they? The trumpet players, the psaltery, the harps, the drums, the, the stringed instruments. They went first. That's why when we have church, we come together for church, we worship first. Worship drives out evil spirits and causes us to be to a place to receive the Word of God. It plows up the ground that's around our old crusty, hard hearts so that we can hear what's being said from the Lord through the speaker. How can we have Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. How can they hear except they have a preacher or a teacher or a pro apostle or a prophet, one of those people to come and share? It's about that. And then when we leave here on Sunday morning or Wednesday night or Thursday night or Saturday, if you worship on Saturday, I had a, a I'll tell you this. I was pastoring a church in Coleman. We'd gone there to plant a church and my phone rang. And this lady asked me, she said, this lady on the phone, it's a church phone, I, I picked it up. I was in, this happened to be in the office, I picked it up. She asked me, did I 
did I baptize in Jesus' name? And I said, yes. I baptized in the name of Father and the Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Oh, man. I masked all her buttons. She went off on me. And she said, I only worship on Saturday, and we baptize in Jesus' name. I said, ma'am, there's five basic non-negotiables I have. If you want to worship on Saturday, good for you. Have at it. If you want to baptize three times face forward in the name of Jesus, have at it. I don't care how you do it. Just get it done. And I said, and here's one thing I'm going to do. I'm going to say, there's five basic non-negotiables. Virgin birth. Without the virgin birth, all the rest of this is kind of like a nice story. Without the resurrection... Jesus died on the cross for our sin and he was buried in the, in the tomb, a borrowed tomb because he didn't, want to go, didn't need a real one. He didn't need one for permanent because he's only going to be there for three days. He came out of the tomb. He only borrowed the tomb. So this guy, Joseph, was it Joseph? Whatever the guy's name was, that was in the tomb and it was a borrowed tomb. He borrowed the tomb and he came out and, uh, and all of that was because uh, so that we can worship Everything's about worship. About Him. It's all about Him. I jumped away. See, I, I messed up. I went ahead of my, my, got my little piece of the punchline, and now I'm in the backtrack. But it's okay. Wait till you get 71, you can do that. In this text that we have here, this is a. The letter, John has is, is been on the Isle of Patmos. John is the last apostle. John is, has been bald in all. He's probably not a very handsome guy at this point. He's been beaten and slapped around, bald in all, and put on the Isle of Patmos to die. They sent him there to die. But while he's there, he, he has this encounter with the Son of God. Jesus shows up and begins to talk to him and says, write these things down so that you can keep up with them. And he begins to write letters to different churches. There's the seven churches in Asia. And, uh, and at that time, Asia was incorporated in a lot more land than just China. It's not just, it was like all over. Um, and so he begins to write these letters to these people as, as the Lord instructed him. And the first one, I want to tell you what it is. I, this is where I want, I'm, I've jumped over all this to get other stuff. I'm coming back now. He goes to the first one. He writes down in Revelation chapter 2. He writes down to, to Ephesus. He says, uh, and, and some of the more contemporary Bible scholars are, have have been have categorized each one of these churches as a, as like a time period in history of the church, uh, and and because of the events that are taking place in that text, and then even leading up to the day that we're in. So, and the the church of Ephesus is the first one he writes to, and he says, uh, and this is around AD thirty to around one hundred. He says. Uh, you hate the deeds. He's one of the things he said. You hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans. And God says, and Jesus